coin. It's Lee. You honor me with your presence, Crispy Lee. Pokemon is so tiny, it hurts so much. Ratigler is usually stronger than the average, and has a friendly attitude. It's... Uh, throwback. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It is the throwback. Yes, that is correct. You are still listening to the same show. Brand new name, brand new logo. We're in the same old crew. Also, kind of an updated song. It actually says your name correctly now, Brad Ziegler, and not Ziegler. So awesome. everything's new. Yes, I know you'll be happy about that. We're still here. We're still, it's all fantasy football. Still the same stuff going on. Still, as a reminder, the old podcast we have coming out, there's a new ranking show next week. All sorts of things going on in the podcasting world including, which is probably the best part for a lot of people, is this is not only on The Athletic anymore, which, by the way, if you go to theathletic.com slash the throwback, the name of the show, you get 40% off if you're not already listening because you might be listening or reading, I should say, in The Athletic. If you're not already reading on The Athletic and you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or all the places where this is now free, you can still get 40% off of The Athletic and see what you're missing from reading. So a lot of stuff going on. The football draft kit is out there if you have any drafts left football throughout this season baseball is still going if you need that all the way through september and then they're going to have off-season stuff for you guys for basically all the coverage and all the excitement you could have i mean guys this is kind of like a a kickoff to our kickoff because we've been rolling for already but i mean this kind of feels like a brand new day doesn't it yeah it does and yeah yesterday was a great day for the athletic for podcast listeners like you said jake i mean there were about 40 launches a ton of football podcasts out there you know your ranking show nano's got one you know he's gonna have a beat writer on every week that's gonna be phenomenal to listen to uh myself and michael beller will have a, a pick show you know coming up for you every single wednesday so there's a lot to get excited about and you know it's good for a lot of people because we had some great feedback yesterday can i get it on apple spotify like you said jake and you can so um Happy football season is here. <laughs> yeah, this is this is awesome. All, all my friends, a lot of my friends are like, ah, I don't want to pay for the subscription just to listen to you. And I'm like, well, you got to understand there's so much better stuff there. And and they're like, well, give me a taste of what it's like. And I'm like, okay, well, this is the only way I can do that. And now that I, now I can. So um, I, I was pumped to, that they could hear it. And once they hear it, I, I had people yesterday, whenever I told them it was on Apple, they're like, oh man, this is awesome. Are the rest of the shows this good? And I'm like, they're probably better. Let's be honest. Like we're, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm I, not on that yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't know, but I thought you wanted to listen to me, but all right. <laughs> and like you said, is everything else that's on there? The, the, all the articles, the, Hey, my rankings are up there. Yeah. Jake Seeley's rankings. That's, that's, that should I mean, be enough. Exactly. Right. It's but worth the money right there. It's even an investment. Yeah. It, well, and the best part is, if, if you guess what? You get to make comments if you want to troll me like people love to do in the comments. So there you go. There's the yes, extra please bonus. Please do that. Please do that. <laughs> I'm going to ban you. Ban kickers and ban you from the comments. Just be careful. So, anyway, there's a lot to get into, as there is all the time. Chris, I, I, we're rehashing something we did on Monday for everybody that heard that episode. But Brad and I did want to talk to you real quickly about the Colts situation because you weren't here. You're out of town, a uh, friend getting married. Like you have like 7,000 friends getting married. It seems like every other week. Uh, yeah, tis yeah. the season for yeah. marriages. And now yeah. yours is coming up eventually, right? Eventually? No. You're another no. year or no. two? Three? No. Four? No. Five? No? no? Going. <laughs> I'm basically <laughs> married. I've been with the same girl for double digit years. We're, we're married without, you know, the paper. Married without doing it? Well, then you might as well just make it official. Whoops. Anyway. Uh, yeah. let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> She's listening right now, loving it. So Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's talk about Andrew Luck with you real quick. 
Brad and I talked about it. We have Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Jacoby Brissett hasn't started in a little while, and Jacoby Brissett had a completely different team for the most part back then. Didn't have the offensive line he has now. Didn't have right. most of the weapons. He had T.Y. Hilton, De- Jack Doyle, but he didn't have Eric Ebron and Devin Funches and Paris Campbell and Deion Kane. And we could keep going down the list. And again, he didn't have that great offensive line. He didn't have Marlon Mack. He didn't have Naeem Hines. So where are you in two things? One is Brissett as an option, and of course, only super flex league. And then two, the trickle-down effect, in your opinion, of what happens to the backfield and the receivers and everybody involved. Yeah, I just want to say I'm super bummed um, that Andrew Luck is done. And I respect his decision, of course, not like a few Colt fans who, you know, gave him the booze when he left. He's put himself through a lot. Oh, I got, a, I got a question specifically for that for Brad, but continue. Yeah, he's put himself through, you know, a ton. Everybody knows his injury history, what he's played through. We've talked about it on this show before. So, I mean, kudos to him to put himself first and his family first and, and whatnot. I will miss him on the football field. He is one of the better quarterbacks that I, uh, you know, I ever watched. And I was looking forward to some more Andy Luck. But it is what it is. He's done. We'll miss him. All the best to him. And it's time for the Colts to turn the page. And I think you have to downgrade everybody in the offense. You just have to. I mean, let's be honest. There's a big difference between Jacoby Brissett and Andrew Luck. But like you said, Jake, the offensive line is nice. Frank Reich, I have, you know, a ton of respect for him and what he can do. A lot of confidence in him. He was able to make uh, Nick Foles a Super Bowl MVP. So I think this offense is going to be, you know, it's definitely going to take a step back. But from a fantasy standpoint, what's that? (laughs) I said cheap shot at Nick Foles. (laughs) <laughs> yeah a little bit but also some respect to to playing to the strengths of fools from frank reich and, right i know yeah and, and what he can do with jacoby Brissett and some of the offensive weapons around him so yeah the offensive line is good Brissett, when we saw him take over for luck uh, he wasn't phenomenal he did have a few rushing yards in the ground he had four rushing touchdowns he's he's somebody that you could probably start in a two quarterback league i got him as qb 25 and you know i don't really see the upside much higher than that but if guys are drafting this weekend and a lot of people are all of a sudden, T.Y. Hilton has fallen down to where he's a sixth, seventh round pick. I mean, you get to that point where you just kind of take that value and, you know, you take your shot there. But I, I downgrade everybody else. Like, I don't want anything to do with Funches. I don't want anything to do with Kane, Campbell, uh, T.Y. Sure. What's going to happen with Ebron and Doyle when these two were both on the field? It was Doyle getting all the looks, running more routes, getting more targets. But Andrew Luck really just had this rapport with Eric Ebon in the red zone. So a lot of things are just going to have to play itself out. I, I think Mack will be fine. I downgraded him a little bit. But again, the offensive line is good. Maybe he gets a few more dump-offs. I mean, Brissett is capable. The division just, is completely wide open. But yeah, from a we, fantasy standpoint. We, go ahead. I was just saying, when we talked about it, I just pulled back. I, was, I think it was like 2% was the number. I didn't say 2%. It was like the number that pulled back on Mack rushing-wise was like 2 or 3%. But right. the touchdowns came back. That was the biggest thing. He lost about two, almost two and a half touchdowns just because the offense is going to be as powerful as it was before. Exactly. Um, and to your point, so I want to ask you this, and then I get your same opinion, Brad. So my projections, I have him 26. My projections, I have him for 3,650 passing yards, 23 passing touchdowns. Emory wrote an article about him, which everybody should go read on the site today. It's great insight. By the way, for people that are just listening to us now on the free side of things, if you don't follow Emory Hunt at F-Ball Game Plan, and you don't follow him on this site, you are missing out on the most insightful scout I've ever seen in my life or read. Like if you, he scouted 800 freaking people in the last year's draft, this past 2019 draft. When there's people playing the XFL that you have no idea who these people are, Emery knows and has watched these people and have probably been to their game. So yeah, he's go read his stuff. So yeah. like I said, all right, Chris, I, I just gave you the numbers, 36-50 and 23. Emery says 38 and 29 touchdowns. Well, whose side are you on, or do you kind of split the difference? 
Yeah, I kind of split the difference. I think that's a, I know you're, you're a little cautious with your projections. Uh, and I think that's fair. 3,600, you said, and, and 22, 23. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think he can get to about 26. Um, and I think he can run in a few, like I said. I mean, he ran in four a couple years ago when really working with nothing and the offensive line wasn't good. How many times have we talked about the Colts? I mean, this is another sidebar. How many times have we talked about the Colts and drafting a guy like Philip Dorsett in the first round instead of protecting the offensive line? They've eventually, you know, fixed that trend. And, you know, he's going to – this is this is a much different situation from when we saw Jacoby Brissett in 2017. So I think he could get to that 26-27 touchdown mark. I, I would expect him to get 30 total. Like I said, run a few in. Uh, I don't know if he's a 4,000-yard guy. He really needs T.Y. Hilton. Like, they're they're going to have to be on the same page. T.Y. is going to have to be healthy all year for Jacoby Brissett to, you know, churn out a, a year that's going to flirt with 4,000 yards. So, Brad, where do you fall? Do you fall on my side, Emory's side, or in between? Uh, I'm I'm a little more toward Emory's side. I had him at 28, and and so it's I, and I and I do think he'll run two or three in. So I I I actually think he's going to be a little better than we've seen in the past. And and for the reasons you mentioned, offensive line's better, weapons around him like crazy, and Frank Reich is just flat out a a, a better coach. He's going to put him in a good position to succeed. They're obviously very comfortable, you know, in, in the situation. You haven't seen them go out and add another quarterback. Uh, to to you know compete with him or whatever down you know down the stretch here in the preseason so they they are very comfortable with, with rolling with him and it's a huge opportunity for him he's in a contract year like we all know what quarterbacks can do on the free agent market if he goes out and has a really good year he could end up getting a, a Garoppolo type deal to stay in Indianapolis um, they have all kinds of cap room and and they need a guy now that that they you know they're they're going to be looking for the quarterback of the future and this is a huge chance Hell, for him what a, like. Uh, this is like a just complete aside, Brad. What if this team completely bombs, goes like three and thirteen, and they fall into it and another amazing quarterback at the top of the draft again? Like they go from <laughs> yeah, they could, go from could happen, Jake. Yep. Uh, that's what I'm saying. They go from Peyton to Locke to next year was Ari. I mean, there's three guys that are in contention as of today, maybe even a fourth. That depending on how the season plays out, could be easily the number one pick in next year's draft. Absolutely. And not only that, but they, they don't – because of the team, there's not that many teams that really need a quarterback. Like, they could – it could be like the Redskins where they're drafting 15th or something, middle of the pack, and still get an elite quarterback prospect. one of those three or four guys. Yeah. 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 So, it, they don't have to be 3-13. and 13. Say they go 8-8 eight and eight and, and you know, they're a fringe of playoff team, and then they go and add an elite quarterback prospect. That's totally different because they're, they're – you know, they've got a legit team. It's just there's so many questions at quarterback right now. I'll say this, though. This division is completely wide open now. It really is. Like, oh, yeah, I think we all agreed the Colts were one of the better teams in the AFC, not just the division. But now it's, there's a lot of question marks inside this division, and the Colts fit in there now. Well, see, so I was flipping through the channels while I was working out, and it happened. I think I came across – I think it was NFL Live. I, I know it was one of the ESPN shows, and I kind of have to agree with whoever said it. I wasn't paying that close attention because I was just starting and Nando had texted me. But it, whatever, in the background, I heard it. Somebody had said this just went from being one of the best AFC divisions to arguably one of the worst in like a week or two. Like it just that quick from what's going on with the Texans and all the injuries there. And now no Andrew Luck and the Tennessee Titans are looking miserable from top to bottom. Like there's nothing that looks good right, right now. I mean, Derrick Henry's hurt. Marcus Mariota looks like garbage. They're talking about Tannehill starting. Uh, Corey Davis is still not well, – he's got no – consistency at quarterback, so it's kind of hard to perform right. there. But, you know, A.J. Brown's been hurt. So, like, you just go down the list, and this division all of a sudden is like – I mean, it, it honestly might just be wide open for the Jaguars. For sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, their defense wasn't even awful last year. If you just looked at it overall, it almost, they as a team. almost made the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. Exactly, and <laughs> you know they may have 
if um, they didn't lay off Blake Bortles, like he was great in the first half and then they were just too cautious with him and they changed their whole game plan. It was like a learning curve for Doug Marone and the, and the entire staff. I mean, it was just like experience versus inexperience and it showed in the second half of that AFC championship game. So it is wide open and the Jags have a legitimate shot. I mean, again, their defense was solid last year. It's just that Blake Bortles put them in such bad spots in the field with all the turnover. So if Foles can just, you know, be a game manager like Brad talked about last week. We mentioned that with Alex Smith and other quarterbacks. If he can just not turn the ball over and let her for can stay healthy they can move me dd westbrook looks pretty good i know it's only a couple you know spring games or i'm in the baseball mode there preseason games but uh i you know i think that could i think the i would honestly put maybe the jags up near the top because i don't I'm know saying. what's going on with houston and and all their injuries like they have a ton of guys they could have this it could be just duke and hopkins in that offense with with fuller and kiki out well, we, and well, we gotta talk there's we gotta yeah. t- we're gonna get to them in a second because there's a potential trade that's now being floated around out there so but is it just me or is there a lot of trade rumors right now more so okay oh no no we're gonna get to that it's like hold on hold on <laughs> I, I know <laughs> i know you're gonna have takes i know brad's gonna, you and you know i'm gonna have takes because you know how i feel about <laughs> trades when people just start flinging them around in the nfl like like they happen yeah. every other day but in any case real quick brad as of today, if your hand, hand – well, we're doing our picks next week, so we're going to get to it. Mm. But as of today, I think we're kind of, you know, previewing one and giving the, you know, giving it away for free. Well, I mean, we're doing everything for free now, so that's great for everybody. But, <laughs> I mean, as of today, I'm taking the Jaguars. And I don't – I mean, as of today, I think it's almost – I don't want to say a lock, but, I mean, again, they almost made the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. Now you have Nick Foles, and everybody else has issues. See, I, I love this because I'm actually still going to stick with the Colts. And, really? And, yeah, but I, I, it's, it's definitely closer now than it was before. Um, but I, I think it'll be one of those, like, Colts are 10 and 6, Jags are 10 and 6, and, and you know, there's a head-to-head or division tiebreaker that, that makes the difference. So, um, it, it's – I don't, like, I don't buy into anything the Titans are doing. I could see the Titans being a two- or three-win team this year. And so, I, you know, I – not – I'm completely out on them. Um, and I just think – I think – Brissett is is more than adequate I will say that there are other teams where I would be scared with the backup quarterback they're putting in there and honestly like look you know I'm a Chiefs fan they just lost Chad Henney who knew this offense from last year they signed Matt Moore like if Patrick Mahomes goes down there is zero chance in Kansas City like it's it's there's you're just not going to the playoffs no matter how good the rest of your team is with Matt Moore as your quarterback I don't feel the same way about Brissett I think there's a legit chance there that they can still win this division Okay. It's certainly a chance. I mean, all these teams are probably 500 teams at best now. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you, Jake. I lean a little bit more Jaguars. I look at last season. They allowed the fourth fewest points per game. They allowed the fourth fewest passing yards per game. It was just Blake Bortles turning the ball over. And, again, I, I'm pretty confident that Nick Foles with uh, DeFilippo, who he's with before in Philly, again, playing to his strengths, I think he could be fine. But I, I have some major concerns with the Texans, to be honest with you. Like, I, I just – they could be in for a down season. It's going to be – it's going to have to be a whole lot of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm not confident in the offensive line. And Hopkins got hit a lot last year, and there's – I know I won't get too ahead of myself, but there's some clowny rumors. And then J.J. Watt hasn't been able to stay healthy over the past couple of years, too. So I have more concerns with the Texans than the Colts right now. So, this again, this division is completely wide open, but I'll lean, I'll lean with you, Jake, and, and the Jags right, right now. 
Okay, so let's talk about these rumors, and that's talking about the Texans because the Texans are apparently have been engaged in trying to find somewhere to send Jadavion Clowney. Uh, sounds like they don't want to have to pay with what's going to come up with this contract. But you know, again, this is it's like trade Melvin Gordon. He can go to the Texans. He, you know, everybody's like, yeah, the Texans are apparently trading for seventeen people because yeah. every other day the Texans <laughs> are going to make a trade. They have all the cap room. The thing with Melvin Gordon. That, that's just one made me laugh is because they don't have a third and fourth round pick. Like, so, okay, so they're just going to sit out the 2020 draft just to go get Melvin Gordon. Like, what are you guys? Anyway, that's the, as you can tell, I just continually laugh at everybody who's like, make a trade, make a trade, make a trade. How many times do NFL trades happen? This isn't the NBA, and it's not even baseball. Like, chill out. But the report is what you were mentioning, Chris. It's Kenyon Drake and Kenny Stills for Clowney. I'm assuming even a little bit more for Clowney. I'm assuming some type of pick, and maybe that's how throwing those two players in. Maybe they can push one of those picks to 2021 or kind of you know give them a late 2020 with a 21 so they don't have to give up a first or a second rounder next year. But hearing This is that, what they do, though. They get Kenyon Drake, and then they flip him to San Diego with a fourth-round pick for <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is like uh, Madden. This is like Madden. Everyone exactly. just wants to make not, deals. Yeah. We're not playing it's big, that. It's a big fantasy league. Uh, but, <laughs> and, then they, and then they turn around and flip him. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, they go get Saquon Barkley, and then they trade for Antonio Brown because the Raiders are frustrated. Yeah, like, anyway, no, realistic side of things. Just hearing this trade. This trade makes a little bit of sense because, yeah. again, because of what happened with Lamar Miller. Does hearing this, if you're drafting this weekend, Chris, with Kenyon Drake, the Duke Johnson excitement, and thinking before it would probably be a Carlos Hyder, TJ Yeldon cast off, and Duke would still be in the lead. Kenyon Drake would probably lead toward more of a 50 50 split between the two. Does this cool your jets on Duke? Does this, you just kind of throw it out because it's trades and trades don't happen? What are you doing if you're going drafting this weekend with Drake? I mean, Drake, actually, Drake Bellage and Duke Johnson hearing this. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, this one does make a lot of sense, though, Jake. You're right. And I mean, for Miami, they turn the page on some of these guys and for Houston, you're just, they're just really desperate for a running back. So it does make sense. Plus Kenny Stills has been, you know, there's been a lot of drama with Kenny Stills in camp with the new coach. And there's been, that's another sidebar right there. If, if you're not familiar with it, just look it up. I mean, things are not good for Kenny Stills right now in Miami. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get moved. I think Duke just stays the same. I mean, we, we talked before the three of us, you know, off, off there that we feel like you know, some of us feel like maybe Duke could get into that role where he does have, you know, 12 to 15 carries. I don't, I, I wouldn't put it more than that. I feel like they do need a running back that can come in and, and take those carries away from Duke. I think Duke's role will just stay the same. I'm interested in him in drafts. So, you know, answer your question. I mean, I do want a piece of him. I'm not a believer that Fuller can stay healthy. Kiki QT hasn't shown me much that he can stay healthy right now. And I think Duke will just have a role and whether it's, you know, in the slot where even Kenyon Drake is on that team, he'll still have a role. We'll get some targets. This is somebody who's had a season with 70-plus catches. I mean, he's been a catch machine in his four years in the NFL, so I think he'll have a great role, very similar to O'Brien when he's in New England, and we know what New England does with all their backs, so it, it could certainly happen in Houston for sure. For Kenyon Drake, um, you know, I'm not I'm not crazy about him, but I think, you know, if it goes to Houston, it'd be a better environment. I do like Bellage because I, I feel like he's he's still fairly cheap in drafts. I'm, I'm seeing him go pretty low. I, nobody wants to touch a Dolphin. And, you know, at some point, you just take what the draft gives you. So I, Duke is the guy I'm very, very interested. And I'm not going to just draft Drake assuming that he's going to get traded, but I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be anywhere that he goes will be a better spot. Yeah, and I the, the biggest thing to me is this. I, I haven't seen anything that said, like, this is something that's actually being discussed. It's more of, like, speculation of what they might do because 
the, the, this beat writer felt like the Dolphins are, are pretty, pretty um, happy or, or at least content with Bellage as their starter. So, you know, after obviously after the Lamar Miller thing, the, the Texans need a running back. Why not Drake? You know, it, it's kind of that kind of thing. I almost feel like he's kind of playing what we were just talking about, like the fantasy or the Madden thing, as opposed to hearing like, you know what, the Dolphins have actually floated these guys to Houston. Um, it would, it would, it, I understand the concept of it making sense. Um, I don't know that this is actually a package that Houston would consider um, unless, you know, like you mentioned, Jake, they need some draft capital unless there are some other draft picks thrown in because at this point there's, you know, other than Clowney just kind of hanging out on their bench, they don't really have a, a lot of incentive to move him unless they feel like it's a legit offer for him. Houston yeah. should go for it with this luck news, though. They should go for it. Oh, yeah. Well, they should definitely go for the division and try. I mean, this is a team that has talent. I mean, really, I mean, even if the running back situation is a question mark, they still have enough talent to be a contender. So I'm with you. They should go for it. But yeah, I was going to make the joke, Brad, that yeah, he tried it in Madden and the trade went through. So that's why he figured it <laughs> reported as a possibility. Like, yeah. hey, hey, look. Jake, you mentioned Yeldon. Is LaShawn McCoy an option? Like, what's Buffalo doing? Singletary looks was, pretty good. Uh, the cap. I mean, yeah. that's that. Well, so I actually brought that up on a tweet. I'm not saying, like, look, this is, again, this is all speculation. And I'm glad, Brad, you brought that up because it's basically somebody doing the same thing we're doing now. It's not like there's a real realistic offer that the Texans leaked to this person and said, hey, this is what we're considering doing if Miami was willing to do this. And Miami was like, yeah, we're confident Bellage. And we're, no, this is just people trying to connect dots. And this is why – another thing, this is why NFL trades don't usually happen anyway because, I mean, you see in the NBA – that's that's different. The NBA is its own animal. But even in baseball this past season, w- how many of those rumors with the Mets started back in like May and then yeah. carried into June? And then finally at the end of July, half of them didn't happen because they believed they were in contention. And another trade that wasn't even – they were on the plate for with Marcus Stroman was like the one that ended up getting made. It's like we know some of these people that are on quote-unquote the block, but there's so much – like baseball is working for a month or two before these trades are made it's not like they're turning around and boom all of a sudden hey you know we've decided to make a trade three days of talks so to your point I think LaShawn McCoy would make sense if they believe in him because he's looked spry it's like people the reports have been glowing but again it's preseason but what made sense Chris in my opinion is if they took his contract they'd probably only have to give it like a conditional six to take him right yeah and I mean take that if you're the bills whatever like what's this, what's LaShawn McCoy to you at this point I mean you got Frank Gore in your backfield uh, who's also looked I mean, what is he averaging like 6.5 a per carry from the preseason or something ridiculous yeah, well give the bills credit because the offensive line was bad last year but they they invested in in an offensive line this year that I think will be you know not one of the better ones in the league but at least middle of the pack because last year like Allen's is running for his life so the offensive line is not awful there in Buffalo so I, I could see that and if you're Houston go do it. Go get it done. Go give that pick. And if you can make it work, because I think LaShawn McCoy in that offense would be pretty decent. Um, at least in my opinion, a lot more appealing than Kenyon Drake. Um, so yeah, who knows what's going to happen in trades? I mean, nobody knows to your point with the Mets. Nobody knows. Everyone's talking about Wheeler and Syndergaard getting dealt and all of a sudden they acquired Stroman. Like nobody saw that coming in the NBA. All those reports, nobody saw any of this, any of that nonsense coming. It's just, there's a lot of just talk and speculation. That's what it is right now. That trade, This trade does make sense for both sides, especially for Miami to move on from those guys. But, I mean, who knows? You just don't see trades in the NFL. I mean, you just can't really remember. Like, when we had 
Sean McCoy actually traded that from Philly. And then I think an hour later, there was the Jimmy Graham deal. And it's like, whoa, like you never, just never see that. And I can't even think of any other deals. Like Demarius Thomas got traded years ago for like a nothing. Like there's just, there's been no deals really in, in the NFL. So yeah. Like when Amari Cooper last year, mid season was for yeah, a first one, round. That was a big one. Pretty good one. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's not like any other sport where there's, you can, you know, just trade and trade and trade it. It's football doesn't work that way. The contract situations are, are just way more complicated. So it will be interesting to see what happens because I don't think that I think something happens with Clowney. Um, I do think that the Dolphins are trying to do something. I mean, the Redskins are trying to trade Josh Doxson. Like maybe he becomes an option for yeah, the Texans sure. just to, just as a stopgap <laughs> until QT is fully healthy. So you, just, you know what all these of- trades are? These are the trades of like, hey, I want to trade Josh Doxson to my fantasy league. Waivers run on Wednesday. And, oh, look, Josh Doxson was <laughs> dropped. Like, that's exactly this, this, is, this is what we're doing yeah, it's here. Like, but, do you want a chance to have him before you have to claim him on waivers? You yeah, know, exactly. Kind of so, it's bit, like, if you're going to just ignore him on waivers, then that'll – so, like, again, let's get back to it for everybody out there. Question being, if you're drafting this weekend, trade hasn't happened, but this is floating out there or whatever. Chris, where do you draft Drake? Duke Johnson, Kalen Balaj, same question to you, Brad. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, Brad. Okay, so give me, give me the names again. It's Drake Balaj and Duke Johnson. Okay, so I'm still taking Duke. I think even if they acquired Drake, where? Duke, Where? Duke is a starter. Uh, I'll, I'll take Duke in the fifth round, fourth round, Okay, somewhere in there. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take Drake um, at this point. I mean, Balaj maybe like seventh or eighth round. Um, and I, wouldn't, I don't know that I would draft Drake um, at all because – I, I, I it, there's just so much flux there. It, you're not even sure if he's 100% healthy. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna say probably, probably out on Drake altogether. Yeah, I'm probably out on Drake too. Um, maybe that's the wrong call because if he does go to Houston, like I said, I think I think actually if he went anywhere, his stock would be better. I just don't like Miami. They're just gonna be an awful team. They're not gonna score a lot of points. But for Balaj, if he's gonna continue to go in the ninth round, I'll take him, knowing that he has a shot to maybe. Maybe it could be 60-40 anyways with Drake there. Maybe he's going to be the guy. They, like Brad said, they seem to be, what did you say? Maybe not happy, but content with Kalen Blas. I think that was a right. good way of putting it. So he's going to get an opportunity, it seems, regardless. Duke is the guy I want. Um, you know, on average, he's been going in the sixth round. But I think, you know, people with this recent news are willing to jump up and take that shot. I mean, Fantasy Football Calculator, it's amazing. Had him as a 15th round pick on August 8th. And now he's um, end of the sixth. So he's really jumped up, and I'm willing to take the shot on him in a fifth. In a full-point PPR, obviously, uh, a little bit more of a boost, but I think he's going to have a role regardless of what Houston does if they bring him back, even LaShawn McCoy. Like, you, you would obviously downtick him a little bit, but I still think he'll have a role in this offense. All right. So some other news. you? Me? Yeah. Check the link. Hashtag check <laughs> set him up perfectly. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, check the go, link. You're gonna hear you can that. Go a lot see, this year, you can guys. go see. Yeah, you can, you can go see where they are. No, look, I'll answer the question for that. I I'm not gonna be quite as high on Duke Johnson. Uh, although when we talked about it on Monday, Brad knows I love him, and actually I have Duke Johnson just barely behind where Brad. The Brad has him top twenty. I have Duke Johnson. Uh, my double. Let me double check my exact positioning where he finished. Uh, Duke John twenty four. RB twenty four. So. Still, he finishes – that's an RB2, just inside, yeah. just barely made it inside. But I think that depending with this kind of news, uh, I, I want to see where it was coming from again. If it's just the Dolphins side of thing, couldn't care less like Brad just said if it, because that's just the guy saying, yeah, they're happy with Belage. This would make sense. And like People do it all the time because if it's the Texans – like actually listening or, you know, considering it, that tells me they're not comfortable with Duke Johnson, similar to the Broncos 
trying to get more out of Royce Freeman this year, not being comfortable with Philip Lindsay, seeing that kind of pound pounding in the NFL. So I think right. and, got- and the report here was that Clowney had actually sat down and met with Dolphins coach or front office or something, right? And so like they were discussing at least the possibility of a long-term contract. That's where this all the speculation started is like, okay, Clowney, they've given Clowney permission to go meet with them. He's he's actually met with the Dolphins. Who might the Dolphins trade? And and that's where kind of this all started. So yeah, there there might be some truth to Clowney of the Dolphins. We just have no idea what the return might be. All right. All right. So the other piece of news here that we have just over the last few days is Deshaun Jackson out three to four weeks. No, I said question mark. No, because he broke his finger, which that's the healing time. But now we also have on top of that, Chris is your team. He's not supposed to miss any games with a broken finger. So it's kind of like, nobody knows. knows. Yeah. He says he's going to try to play through it. I know Rapshi tweeted yesterday that they're going to get a splint for him and he's going to try to go through this, but you know, Philly beat writers are saying that it's a three to four week injury and yeah, he's probably going to try to play week one, but uh, unlikely. And it doesn't mean, I mean, you're drafting this weekend. We all know what Deshaun Jackson is. He's a boomer bust player. He's going to have games where he wins you weeks. He's going to have games where he loses you weeks. Guess where I have a ton of them. Best ball. Best ball. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Brad to say it. But yeah, I, best ball I have, for sure. No, but that's the thing. I had so much to show on Jackson so far in best ball because he's with Carson Wentz, and I yeah. don't have to try and guess which six or seven weeks he's going to be great. Yeah, and Wentz yeah. has never had a deep threat. He's that. He's the ultimate boomer bust guy. He's the the active leader in in like yards per target, like or per catch. Like he's just he is. If you've watched Deshaun Jackson, you've seen it now all the way from his first years in Philadelphia over to Washington and then most recently in Tampa Bay so I mean maybe this means if you're drafting this weekend you can get him real late and probably I would assume when people are looking at him in your average draft year and it's like oh Deshaun Jackson broken finger no thanks I'm just gonna pass on him so you can get him pretty he's, cheap and he's gonna be a guy that you just plug in when you're when you're hurting or talk about DFS but I think Arcega Whiteside is somebody that you just you know he's been getting a little bit of buzz too I think in deeper formats so, in a standard 12 too. team yeah, Aguilar too. So it's I thought good. Aguilar could be a guy who would be traded and out the door, like maybe a Houston, maybe a team that's suffering through these wide receivers. But now with this Deshaun Jackson news, maybe they hang on to Aguilar a little bit. But those are two guys, to your point, Jake, that could go later on, maybe not in 12-team leagues, in deeper ones, 14, 16 for sure. Uh, I would have some shares of Arcega Whiteside because he hasn't caught any balls from, from uh, Carson Wentz yet. But Looked pretty good last week with uh, McCowan in there throwing him some balls. He's got some great hands. I know Brad talked him up when we were doing Philly preview show uh, weeks ago. So just somebody to keep an eye on. So, Brad, he's one of the few players left at wide receiver that actually gains value in non-PPR versus PPR. Uh, is there uh, a format where you're taking him now with this news, period, outside of best ball? Because we, we know the best ball answer. But are you ignoring him in redrafts? And then if so, to what Chris is talking about, is it Aguilar for you? Is it J.J. Arcega-Whiteside for you? Is there somebody else? Or do you just think this is just good for Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey as long as he's healthy? No, so so to me, I actually am more interested in Deshaun Jackson now in redraft solely because his price is going to drop. He's going to start falling down where, like, you might be able well, to get he's going to be free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 14th round. At that point, like, yeah, I'll take him. Like, it, it, that's, he's the perfect guy to plug in for a bi-week replacement in hopes that, like, he just goes off. And you know what? You're not expecting a whole lot, but he also might go – eight catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns. Like it's, it's very possible. So 
that that to me is what I want in a bye week replacement, especially if I'm drafting receivers with, with a, a week four, week five bye week. So um, give me the guy that's free that has you know has massive upside. Um, I if if I'm going back to the Eagles right now, I honestly maybe he doesn't miss any time at all. I still like Nelson Aguilar as a PPR option. Uh, um, you know, late, I don't like him. I don't, I don't want him as my wide receiver two or three or anything, but just as a bench stash, I mean, he's basically free too. So uh, I'll, I'll throw him in at the end. And, and I, there's been a rapport in the past with, with him and Wentz. And so I think there's a chance that he could still be good. I love our Sega Whiteside long-term, but I'm not, I'm not sold that he's going to be fantasy relevant this year in the sense that he's going to get enough volume to, to want to put him in a lineup. If Deshaun Jackson was out for the entire year, like this was a season engine is ending injury. I would be all over Sega Whiteside. but my problem is yeah. he's, he's a big, sl- I, I really like him similar to like a Juju Smith Schuster. That's like some of the comparisons I gave him, but knowing like talk about Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson's outside Aguilar's in the slot. Alshon Jeffrey is actually kind of a big slot himself. The Arcega white side was redundant in a way for the Jeffrey situation. And with Jeffrey healthy, even with Deshaun Jackson out, like I, I don't think Arcega white side to your point, Brad, I don't think he has a clear path to no, even consistent. Like I, I, I would hate to say it cause I would hate to see it happen. But if Deshaun Jackson misses a significant time and Alshon Jeffrey has another soft tissue injury, then I mean, obviously, oh, okay, there's nobody left. But my point being is it's kind of like it's a role on this team that's just not open for him right now, Chris. Yeah, I agree with that too. And the only consistent guy in this offense is going to be Zach Ertz. That's it. Like, that's that's what it's going to be. We talked before about the cake and the icing thing. It's Carson Wentz. He's got a ton (laughs) of weapons. I mean, out of Philly, you ask the guy who's been the most impressive wide receiver, and they'll tell you, Nelson Aguilar. They'll say Nelson Aguilar has been the most impressive guy in the summer, and he has a significant role in this offense. It's, it's hard to believe, to be I've honest with you, because <laughs> there's a lot of other options ahead of him. So, I mean, yeah, Wentz is going to spread it around. Blah. You can have him. You can have all the Aguilar. I still remember when somebody, like, got all over me because this is why uh, – Chris, I'll ask you. You can chime in too, Brad, but Chris is the Eagles fan. So this is what I said when he came out of college. I said, he may have already peaked. He's still a tur- <laughs> no, like he. This may be the best Aguilar. Now I said he's one of the best route runners in that draft class. That's the one thing I I even said that when he came out of college. He's like, look, he's a terrific route runner. That's the best thing he has. That's his. If you gave him all his skills, that's the best thing he has going for him, and that can help you succeed in the NFL. Where some people with more athleticism who can't don't even last in the NFL. Hello, Doral Green, Beckham, Jeff Jane. Like we can go down the list of guys that have yeah. never done it, and that's the concern with DK Metcalf. But I said, Chris, like. Skill wise, we may have seen him peak. That not to say that like college, he's never going to do anything in the NFL. But this is the best version of Nelson Aguilar, and if it is, this is the best version of Nelson Aguilar, that means he's never going to be more than a role player. Yeah, he was solid uh, USC for sure. I mean, that was that was Chip Kelly's first pick, I believe. Um, you know, in the first round, and he was pretty awful in the first two seasons. I mean, he wasn't even lining up correctly. There was, there was a play in Seattle where he was just like over the line and it was like an 80 yard touchdown and everyone's freaking out. Over the line. And you're so far past the line. The line is a dot to you. (laughs) And it was a dot to him. And after the game, there were talks about him retiring. It's just like, it's like football is not fun for him. It's like, listen, man, you're just young. Like you're going to learn. So it's, yeah, it's a crowded offense for him. I I see some upside. I see the right running too. I see the hands because in the first year he was dropping 
dropping everything. And I think it was just a confidence thing with him, but he has been pretty decent the last few years. It's just, there's a lot of guys hanging around. I wouldn't be shocked if he's dealt, if he's moved on. Philly has a lot of wide receivers. If guys can stay healthy like Jackson and Jeffrey. And I think that's why he hasn't been traded because Jackson and Jeffrey do have a history of, of, you know, missing time. So if they are, if they're healthy and, you know, maybe there's a hole, you know, in the defense, maybe they, they make some kind of swing or somebody's really hurting like Fuller and QT, like for example, going back to the Texans, they just have Hopkins. They're going to need somebody else in the offense to help them out. So yeah. Brad, and I, the I, biggest thing I will say too, from a, from a trade standpoint, yes, he's an unrestricted free agent after the year, but he's making over $9 million this year. Yeah, like that's not a guy you can just, yeah, it's not a guy you can just deal to anybody. Like there's only certain teams that can even afford him at that point. Right. Yeah, exactly. So were you chuckling? Cause I know Chris was, were you chuckling because you got the friends reference as well? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Of course. So, <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't sure. All right. So let's talk some NFC West because we promised we got to get them out of the way and because we're wrapping up the division. This last one, we've done all the divisions. This is, it's taken a little bit of time. We've had things carry over into other weeks, but we're going to get to the NFC West. So what are we saying? Like, what, do we even get into this much? Brad, refresh my memory. I, I've done so many shows between Monday and today. I remember, <laughs> did, we, did we do one team? I felt like we did one team. We did one team. Um, we still have the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Rams left. Oh, so that's that, what I thought. We that, did the 49ers. We did the 49ers, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that, that makes it easy. All right, so let's dive into that. As we were saying, the, the NFC West is what we need to get to, and we'll save the Cardinals for last. Ha-ha. Now you have to stick through the entire show. Even if you don't want to, you have to wait and see, because that's what everybody wants to talk about is the Cardinals. So we're doing the Seahawks first, or maybe we'll do Rams first. They're, you get to choose dealer's choice or no that that's not dealer's choice because i'm the dealer it's uh that's right no matter what you pick brad he's gonna go the other way so receiver's choice cardinals no that's Ah. last (laughs) 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 all right chris you get the pick Again, you just all right. Seahawks, give me the Seahawks. CJ Procise looked all right the other day. Let's talk. Oh, about really? Him. Is that what we're gonna start with? <laughs> we're gonna start with CJ Procise. Yes, that's this division. It's I'm not I'm not all that excited about it to be honest. All right, well, let's be realistic about the Seahawks because the Seahawks are Russell Wilson with and Tyler Lockett as his number one. No Doug Baldwin. Uh, Will Disley as his number one tight end. Possibly uh, the tight ends are just kind of a mess and a bunch of guys right now. So kind of like the Texans. And then you have DJ or DJ DK Metcalf, as we all know, his concerns with route running and shuttle times and all that type of stuff. But if healthy, question mark for week one, he should be the guy. David Morris now hurt, which means Jerome Brown's probably in the starting three. Although you do have Gary Jennings, who they drafted, and I mean other options just kind of lingering on this team. Uh, you have Chaz Ferguson might actually be a name people recognize soon enough. Where are you going? Look, I'll go to Brad first and fine. Chris, screw you. Is where, where are your interests? Because I think everybody's at least happy with the backfield. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and it looks like it, it became a lot easier to draft this one the more they've been pumping Carson. Like, I have no problem taking Chris Carson as my RB2. Um, I think he's going to be pretty good this year. And, and it just seems like Rashad Penny is trending almost toward a bust. It's, I, I, like, like they're, you know, when you draft a guy in the first round, you need him to start producing sooner than later. A lot of teams have him as their starter in the first year, and he hasn't even proved he can start in the second year. So um, I, I, I'm good with Carson. Um, I'm, I'm basically outside of Lockett. I'm staying away from the receivers in, in, you know, on this team, even in deep leagues, because there's just so much question marks. I mean, I like Gary Jennings long term. I don't think you're going to get anything out of him this year. I mean, obviously Metcalf has some talent, and, and it sounds like he might be back for week one. But that's there's still going to be a learning curve there. This is a guy who has injuries in the past from college. He was raw coming out of college. He's a great athlete, but in the NFL, it takes a little bit more than athleticism, as we've seen, you know, many many times for 
you know, from other guys. So um, I, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on Metcalf. I'm not in on Jerome Brown. I'm not in, you know, it, I actually, the one guy I really liked was David Moore and now he's banged up. And so um, it, it's possible that, that, uh, you know, it sounds like he's still going to make the 53 man roster based on what, what uh, Pete Carroll said yesterday, but he's going to miss some games at the beginning of the year. So there's no need to draft him. Now to that point though, Chris, that's why I kind of liked Jerome Brown. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of why I like DK Metcalf, too, is that there's just going to be an opportunity. Doug Baldwin didn't have a great season last year, but he still had 70 targets. And Russell Wilson really is is the guy that I'm kind of – now, he's not getting drafted too early. I, I kind of cringe when I see him go as a top eight. He, I think he, if you could get him as, you know, your second quarterback, super flex, it would be ph- phenomenal. I mean – Kerr high, you know, 60, 66 completion percentage. Well, in fact, he did have a higher mark than that in 60 in, in 2015, either, you know, 68% rather. But he was just super efficient last year. He really was. And for a guy who didn't throw the ball a ton. And I don't know how he can pull that off again. I feel like he'll probably run a little bit more, uh, which will, which is always nice. It's what we liked about Russell Wilson. You run around a little bit, but I'm with Brad. I love Car, and I think all three of us actually are pretty big Chris Carson fans here. I definitely have no problem with him being my RB two. In fact, he's a target of mine in most drafts. I already have a ton of shares of him. This is a team that ran the ball a ton. Only Baltimore ran it more than them last year. And Carson, fifth in rushing yards, well, fourth in rushing that, yards per game attempts. They- you name it, everything. They ran attempts, but percentage, the Seahawks were the highest in the league and wasn't even close. The, they were the, actually the only team percentage-wise to run right. more than pass. It was 52%. So obviously that changed when Lamar Jackson was that quarterback. Sure. But to that point, is even including all the Lamar Jackson starts and how much the Ravens were running at that point, for the entire year, the Seahawks still ran 52% of the time. With the, again, the only team to go to the opposite side of what the NFL is now as a passing league. So let me ask you guys this. 618 yards and five touchdowns doable for DK Metcalf. Yeah, that's doable. That's, I mean, that, that's still not anything fantasy relevant though, but it's doable. It is. Like I, it is. I'm a, hold on. And the reason I, 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 you know, I always have a purpose behind what I ask <laughs> Chris, do you think that's doable? Yeah, I think it's doable. Yeah. Right, so the reason I picked those exact numbers is that was actually Doug Baldwin last year, but to your point, Brad, wide receiver 48, the last wide receiver four, but even wide receiver fives are fancy relevant. He was relevant. That is worth what look, he's not anything more at those numbers than a poor man's Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that's the truth, is trying to figure out when to start him. But you could do worse than the upside of the touchdowns are trying to find, hey, look, they faced the Cardinals. They're gonna get to face the Cardinals twice. Yeah, they're gonna throw yeah. the ball. And also what we just talked about with Deshaun Jackson earlier is that now he's free with, you know, this knee injury, and there's he's he's unlikely to start you know, week one. So I, he's just a free flyer on a, on a team that, you know, outside of Tyler Lockett, I'm with Tyler Lockett too, but you're paying for Tyler Lockett to really improve on last season. I mean, this is somebody who's never had a thousand yards. He's never had more than 57 catches. Like he's, he's definitely in for a bump, but there's gotta be somebody else to step up in this offense. And if Metcalf is free in drafts right now, I'll, I'll take him. Yeah, I mean, and and your Doug Baldwin comparison is a little different because he didn't play every game. He was he only played thirteen games, and he there were some of those no, no, where he no, it was a comparison to Doug Baldwin. I was just saying the numbers. That's I was just right, I was right. Just the fun I, numbers. At the yeah. end of the year, if that's if that's a guy that I have in my starting lineup on my team, I'm annoyed with it. Like the, no, 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 no. Again, wide receiver four or five. Right, but even I don't know. I just I feel like there's other guys down in in that range that I would probably rather have on my team if I was having to go that deep. Like I. 
I, I don't know. I I don't I don't normally unless unless a league carry you know you start three receivers and and three flex spots or something on top of it. I'm not even carrying that many wide receivers on my team most of the time. I'm good with four and I'll just I'll stream guys as I need them because it's just it, it there there's just they're lump with those numbers. He's lumped in a group of like 25 other guys that are all give you the same stuff. Yeah, in a round where he's going in drafts, I'll say this. I'd rather, like, Moncrief in the 11th, Tyrell Williams in the 11th. I mean, I take a shot on John Brown the way that, I, you know, I feel about Allen and his gun. Jamison Crowder a little bit later. I, I don't mind that. Our boy Debo Samuel completely out on him. I mean, that's the segue over to San Fran potentially. He's in the 14th round. I mean, there's a few guys that I'd rather take a shot on. And for Crowder, who knows, is up with Robbie Anderson. I, I'm not really sure what's what's going on with him right now. So, I think there's other guys I'd rather take a shot on. but. Metcalf, I feel like, is probably going undrafted right now in your standard 12-team league. I think he's starting to slide back. But to your point, like, yeah, those are all guys we've been continuing to talk about. And in drafts that we're in are going higher. Uh, if you look at, like, the peaks, like Dante Moncrief, his peak price is in the seventh round. Mm. Uh, I'm looking Debo Samuel. His is in the 11th, which still should be higher. We're about to talk about him in a second. But John Brown's the eighth. But so in our leagues, if – there's going to be like those guys are going to be gone all those guys you just named and properly so yeah if dk metcalf's there in the 11th i'm taking that chance because though the upside here is no it's not going to be some of you're super excited about but i see him as what if he's devin funches he only has to catch 50 percent of his passes and if he only catches 50 percent of his or i should say targets and he finishes with 6806 touchdowns that's going to be more than a wide receiver for. Again, I'm not saying go target him and go draft him where his peak is, and his peak is in the ninth round. Please don't do that. I'm 100% with you there, Brad. It's just the fact that if you're able to stash him as your wide receiver five or six on your bench for the upside of being the number two, the Seahawks still have to pass. You know, Russell Wilson is still going to throw over 25 touchdowns, maybe even 30. He somehow finds a way. He's the most efficient quarterback we've ever seen. Uh, there's a chance that the, the numbers are going to go to DK Metcalf if he can just stay on the field. So that, that's the biggest thing. But you said there's the segue into the 49ers. There's a lot going on with the 49ers right now. It's Jimmy Garoppolo is, oh, my God, everybody jumped off the bridge and lit themselves on fire because he's terrible. He's not going to be any good. And then the second game back, he looks pretty decent. But – it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, we've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo after that happened. It's time to get back into the swing of things, and everything's going to be fine there. It's still not a top 12 quarterback or anything, but it's the wide receivers, Brad. It's the wide receivers of Dante Pettis is being told he's got to find a role, make his way into a role, and the starters are looking like they're going to be Goodwin and Debo Samuel, my boy. Or I should say our boy. And it's coming down to it's still Kittle is the number one in the passing game a wide receiver mess, a backfield that's now turned into the mess because Tevin Coleman's looked miserable and Matt Breida's looked better. And you and I already talked about that, so probably focus more on the wide receivers. Is Where are you going in this right, in, the, in this team? I, I'm still a believer in Dante Pettis, and, and we talked about it on Monday a little bit. This is, this is, in my opinion, a motivational tactic from this coaching staff, trying to kind of single him out, um, you know, that kind of stuff. You, you watch what the beat writers write about this. They said he is – far and away the best receiver on this team when you watch them in practice there's no way he's not starting they're, they're just trying to potentially help him you know get to his ceiling faster or something I'm not sure but but he's I think he's still the number one option I like Debo but I don't I think Debo at least initially is not going to be on the field um, you know barring a a four wide set or something like that I think that it, it, it's at least looking right now uh, like Marquise Goodwin's going to be the guy there and uh, you know Debo or and I even heard in Jordan Matthews um, 
mentioned no. this morning ahead no. of Debo Samuel because no. <laughs> he's starting in the slot. He's the slot guy. So no, Debo Samuel. Well, Sam, they had Samuel as the third guy. On I don't the care outside. who they are. It, I know who's going to take over his spot in the in the. Debo slot. Samuel's not playing the slot though. That's the thing. He's not. Trent Taylor's going to have a role guy. on this team. In no, Trent Ter- Taylor's not either. Enough with the report. No, he will. He will. But Trent no. Tr- Tr- Taylor's T- hurt. No. So he's, he's, he's hurt. Not yeah. One. Jalen Hurd's not going to play week one. No. The only That's three that you saying. have to worry about. No, 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 no. There's no. so many care. question marks everybody's, with this team. Everybody's got their own opinions out there. We can at least all agree. The only three that matter are Goodwin, Pettis, and Debo Samuel. And, and I agree with yes. that. But same as far as a fantasy perspective, yes. But Samuel is not going to start. He's only going to be in there in three in three or four wide sets right now. And at that, with you know, with Kittle, Kittle plays the slot more than any receiver does. And so with that being the case, I'll put Eric, there's you there's another dollar bet. Debo Samuel is starting. Oh, okay, dollar bet. 14 games. For sure. Write it down. He's, he's starting in at least 14 games this year. I'll give you 14 and a half over under. What? No, I just told you 14. <laughs> That's the choice. It's 14. All right, you don't thir- get the choice. Okay. Yes. That, that, I mean, what, what determines uh, the start? Well. If he's on the field the first play of the game? No. If he's, you know what the start is. He's continuing as the starter, as in he plays the second most, at least, snaps of the team. Yeah, that's where I was okay. gonna go. Then, okay, that. then then I will I will take that bet because I think I think Goodwin will will be the guy for at least the first five or six games as far as like out snapping him. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be Goodwin and Debo Samuel. Screw Dante Pettis. <laughs> no chance. No yeah, chance. So the quotes from Shanahan yesterday, he was saying like Pettis is he's not in jeopardy of not making the team. But yeah, I agree with what a lot with Brad said. He's, he's he's looking for him to step up. I mean, this is somebody that they took early in the draft with Shanahan last year. Wanted him. Had a role in the last few weeks of the season and looked good. It looked promising and, you know, maybe just a little sluggish through camp. And he says, he's saying a lot of things. I'm like reading a quote right now from him. He's, he's a guy that's capable of having any role in this team. He could be our best player on this team. He could be our best punt returner. He'd be our number one wideout, number two, our slot receiver, just a role as a receiver. He has the ability to do all of that. So they think highly of him and he is their best wide receiver. Goodwin is not going to be able to stay on the football field. Um, Trent Taylor hasn't shown that he can stay on the field, but he showed a nice rapport. That's all Shanahan said. The only positive things he said about Garoppolo through spring, or again, I'm going spring, through preseason, is that he can only throw to Trent Taylor in the slot. Maybe it was just because it was easy completions for him as he works through some kinks of coming back and missing a lot of time. But he hasn't been able to show that he can stay on the field. Jordan Matthews has not been able to stay on the field at all. So there's an opportunity for these guys. But I think Pettis, and the fact that he's fallen down draft boards lately, Two months ago, he had to reach on this guy and was no thanks as wide receiver 20. But if he's he's been going in the eight and all this negative news, it just makes him, a, I think, a steal and a great target right around eight, round eight, round nine. Like, I, I want pieces of him. Yeah, his ADP right now is 905. Like, yeah. all of it. Yeah, hey. absolutely. Over everybody else right there. If you want to waste your ninth round pick, go ahead and do it. <laughs> you, you just think he's going to be a complete but You thought like last year was like a fluke? No, I just don't think Dante Pez is that good of a wide receiver. I never have. And okay, people, people, people immediately, like, there wasn't that many people that did. Like, like let's be honest about there. And I'll, I'll credit to the person, Matt Walden was the highest on Dante Pettis. Not, he, I don't know. I think he might even had him as his number one receiver in that draft class. Go back and look. And I'm not saying things didn't change since, but. Everybody acting, I'm not saying you guys, I'm just everybody acting like they were on Dante Pettis this entire time are full of you know what. We can't, I'm not going to curse on this show because we're a clean show, mm. but they're full of crap. It's just like Dante Pettis was not considered to be 
the number one wide receiver in that draft class or even top five or even the number one option for this team. And then, yes, he flashed last year. He did flash. And if I, you know, if he turns into the number one, if he turns into top 25, we'll come back and I'll eat crow. I have no problem with it. But the point being is what I'm saying is the majority of the people were on my same page. Am I saying that, okay, he has some potential if used in the right fashion. He has some type of deep play ability. He could be a nice two at best, probably a three. And then after a few flashes last year, now all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, he's the number one wide receiver. He's so amazing. You know, you know what it is? It's Shanahan. Nobody got super excited about Pettis. I mean, yeah, he was a 12th, what did he go in the second round, mid-second? Like he, nobody was super excited about that. It was just, they were, everyone was excited about Shanahan. I mean, he came over from Atlanta, which was unbelievable. And that's all this Tevin Coleman is. It's the same thing. Like anybody who watched Tevin Coleman last year as the lead dog in Atlanta, he was awful. He was brutal. He couldn't run. He lost carries to Eo Smith, who was bad too. So, and he's been outplayed to you guys talking about the show the other day. He's been outplayed so far in camp. Like I would not be shocked if Tevin Coleman was just a, pass catcher in this offense so Barkley doesn't even like Dante Pettis but Pettis is not going as wide receiver 22 anymore he's going as wide receiver 42 and I think that's good value it's right in the range it's but it's right in the range of all the the same kind of guys that where DK Metcalf is I mean who would you rather have DK Metcalf no or he's Dante not Pettis? DK Metcalf is two rounds later Dante Pettis is around Sterling Shepard Sammy Watkins Corey Davis I'm looking at it right now I'll take yeah all but that's, those that's all that's all a complete dart throw as far as like okay I'm my wide receiver four my wide receiver five who do I want in that spot that's there it's all the same list it's just a matter of preference no this, that's two number ones and a number two on the freaking Chiefs I'm taking all those and I'm not even thinking twice crickets okay yeah i mean I'm, i agree with the, all those guys i'm just saying the guys underneath that larry fitzgerald james washington deshaun jackson dante moncrief i'm taking all, moncrief oh Mon, okay moncrief that's fair we talked about that a second ago with metcalf but but it's it's all the same guys that we're listing with metcalf and it's just like who would you rather take Hell, right there i'll tell you right now i'll take jameson crowder over him two round two and a half rounds later too over pettis a hundred percent. All right, I'll take that bet too. A dollar bet that Pettis finishes ahead of. <laughs> I like Crowder I like finishes. Crowder, but I do think Pettis has a higher ceiling. I I think that a healthy Crowder. That's the thing. We got we got to get the same amount of games played yeah. between the two of them. Yeah, Although, a, which is a major question mark. Yeah, the, the the truth is about Crowder. If he plays not even sixty, if he plays fifteen games. I I think he'll catch ninety plus passes this year. Okay. The truth is. Is that San Fran has a lot of question marks. Well, so that's we the thing. Is, like I, say, team hold on. To be good and uh, I forgot. We got so sidebar. This is fun. This is the first real, like, hefty argument we've had in yeah, a while. Yeah, it's great. I love it. So you brought up some of the things. Like, you mentioned Shanahan, Chris, and that one. I wanted to pivot on that because you just brought it up is something that Brad and I covered on Monday. So we're not going to go – you and I, Brad, saying us, we're not going to talk that much about it. We'll let Chris kind of give his piece on it. But we talked about the fact that Tevin Coleman's looked terrible, that we actually agree on this one. We're both taking Matt Breida at the decent price rounds later because he's looked better. And that, you know, yes, it's preseason. You don't want to read too much into it. But where Tevin Coleman looked like he could be the lead option with Breida and McKinnon and whoever else is active because they have so many options sprinkled in, it's now looking like a complete committee and a headache where I'm trying to avoid this backfield as much as possible. But if I'm going to invest, it's going to be similar to the Patriots. It's the cheapest person and the cheapest person. Well, it's McKinnon because he's hurt, but the cheapest person, not McKinnon is Brita. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I agree with you guys. I listened and Brita. Yeah. RB 40, eighth round pick. Absolutely. And you guys know, I just gave my thoughts on Tevin Coleman. I just don't think he's all that good. And it's, it's again, it's the whole Shanahan thing. It's, it's Garoppolo and oh, coming over to Shanahan, Kevin, Tevin Coleman, come over to Shanahan. How about Jarek McKinnon? Remember the hype on Jarek McKinnon? He had never had a full 
workload <laughs> ever. Like he split that with Latavius Murray. Do you and think the 49ers are ever going to give out move. a major? Look, they gave a huge contract to Garoppolo, and now they're dealing with this. And they gave a huge contract to McKinnon. Do you think they're going to stop giving out huge contracts for a little while? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and McKinnon returned to the practice field on Tuesday. Now I don't think he's not on my draft radar, but if he stays healthy, he's going to be involved too, which just makes me want to pass on Tevin Coleman even more. That's I think McKinnon could actually out if he's healthy all year could actually outperform Tevin Coleman. I, I think agree with that. I think he's better in that role. And if that's unless Coleman they just keep force feeding him the lead the lead back role. If Breida takes that over and it becomes a battle of who's going to be the better receiving back, I give me McKinnon over over Coleman at that point, especially at the price. Yeah. No. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So the Rams, I like I don't even know where to go with the Rams because. We know the only players that matter are the three wide receivers, Todd Gurley, Daryl Henderson, and Jared Goff. The end. Simple enough. The I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. Well, you're not, uh, Gerald Everett, you're not, unless you're in a deep league, you're not getting involved with the tight ends. I, I meant, and I didn't mean like that way of what, I know what you're joking there, but the fact that like, we know there's nothing to answer. Like Cooper cup, if healthy could easily lead this team in touchdowns because he's his guy, especially in the red zone. We know that we know Robert Woods was a huge benefit benefit to cup missing time, but also to being in this offense and taking off last year and should be around what he is. Brandon cooks. People still don't realize how young he is. Should be what, he is somebody that's a potential wide receiver one but some inconsistencies a few weeks where he'll disappear because it'll be a woods or cup week or whatever it might be like we all know that that's my point is we know what these guys are we know you're drafting them where you want to draft them if you're invested in two and not all three so i guess what my point is brad is the only questions that we have are jared golf and todd Gurley, and we'll get to Todd Gurley in a second but you know my feelings on Jared Goff and I even wrote this in to go back to that article that you and I talked about on Monday where it was the overrated the first overrated one I did in June that started with Baker Mayfield the wide receiver section I said all Rams wide receivers now all wide receivers for the Rams are still inside my top 30 but a lot of people are drafting him as an all three inside the top 20 and my point was that Jared Goff after the bye there was a change in the NFL around that time where NFL defenses started disguising themselves and not showing their formations until the headset clicked off for McVay. And the reason they started that was because people figured out McVay was kind of telling them information all the way up to that point. As soon as they see the defensive formation, be like, hey, you might want to look for this. Hey, you might want to change to this. Hey, you might want to audible, hot route, blah, 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 all this type of stuff. And when it was on Jared Goff's shoulders, continuing all the way through the playoffs in the Super Bowl, as everybody saw, the numbers were abysmal. They were like 50% drop-offs and touchdown percentage. Like, they're just terrible. Now, can he get better? Yes. Can McVay be smart enough to help him get better? Absolutely. But, Brad, Jared Goff, as one, a QB1, is that even the conversation for you? And two, are you on the all three wide receivers can finish this top 25? Or are you more with me where, yeah, they can still finish this top 36, but it's not going to be quite as good as people think? Um, I so I have all receivers. It's funny you said top twenty-five. I have all three of the receivers in the top twenty-six. I have Cooper Cup at number twenty-six, um, and that was you know I haven't haven't looked at my rankings in a couple of days. I, you know I want to make sure that I haven't missed something there and need to bump him up a little bit. I've got Golf as my QB twelve right now. So in the the theory of is he a QB one? I'm projecting it, but he's in the same range as Roethlisberger, Winston, Josh Allen you know, Tom Brady, who I feel like all those guys theoretically could finish ahead of him. You're, you're coin tossing at that point in the draft as far as a quarterback, because they're, you know, we've talked about it many, many times, all the guys in that range finish within like 10 points or 15 points of each other at the end of the season. And it's just not worth haggling over for, you know, 
it's a preference thing. Yes, he has right. weapons around him, and he did a lot of stuff last year without without Cooper Cup. You know, he lost him halfway through the year. Who that was the security blanket in the red zone before. Then Gurley started falling apart toward the end of the year. It, he became a different guy at that point. He was a atrocious in the Super Bowl, and so it, it it just made you wonder, like, what happened in the regular season where his numbers were pretty good compared to what happened in the postseason. And I I wonder if a lot of it, you know, obviously the big stage may have had a little bit of effect. But, but a lot of it was just the, the concept of he's losing guys all around him. He doesn't have the same weapons. C.J. Anderson didn't scare anybody out of the backfield, even though he was actually decent at times last year. Like it, it, He's just a guy that, you know, to me, you don't overdraft him because he's Jared Goff. He has some name value. He's the first overall pick in a draft or whatever. You, you just, just kind of lump him in with all these other guys and then say, okay, well, if I have my starting quarterback, who's a guy who doesn't have the same bye week? Oh, is Jared Goff? an option yeah he's got some upside so yeah i'll take him because he might score 50 points in a week you know what happens jared goff he lost todd Gurley. it's 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 completely no obvious. this is this is before no. todd Gurley. no he lost Gurley and the five to five to eight catches a game that he got from Gurley, and his numbers went down a little bit like he finishes qb6 last year qb6 with that poor finish he finishes qb12 the year before that we're talking and about you know, three you weapons know, inside you know of the offense that, that are going top finished? 15 and that finish, he wasn't even top 15. But he still finishes a top six quarterback with that poor showing down the stretch with his best weapon on the sidelines. Todd Gurley is his best guy. He didn't lose Todd Gurley until after that started. Todd Gurley wasn't 100%, though. Like, down the stretch, he wasn't 100%. Todd they Gurley, were scaling him Todd back. Gurley first, yeah, they, he first got banged up in that, in that giant scoring Monday night Chiefs game. That was when they first started limiting his touches a little bit. And you could see him like favoring his knee in that game, and it was like a fifty-six to fifty-three game. So you don't they didn't focus on the and, running back. And you so know lot. what he did coming out of the bye? What Gurley? Yeah, one hundred and thirty-two and two touchdowns and twenty-three rushing. Yeah, he was great. And then after that, twenty-eight yards, forty-eight yards, missing games, ten yards, thirty-five yards in the Super Bowl. Like he did. Okay. He missed. He missed. Todd Gurley. Like, he did. Mi- I think his favorite weapon. I agree with you, Jake. I think his favorite weapon is Cooper Cup, who was also sidelined and missing time. He had to adjust with that. And then he lost Todd Gurley. I mean, he was such a weapon. He got so many dump offs. I mean, he caught 10 balls against the Eagles in one game. Like he just, he was a big part of that offense through the air as well. And you know who did fine though? CJ Anderson. Yeah, but he wasn't catching a whole lot of balls out of the backfield. No, because yeah, it was easy. There's a lot of recency bias with Goff and especially because we all seen him in the Super Bowl. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. There is time out. Don't put recency bias on me. Because, I'm not. I'm putting no, it out there. In, no, in I the know. I'm, no, all I'm just saying is like, if if because if you look at it, my biggest thing is that after that, it wasn't just that CJ Anderson looked fine. Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks were still doing fine. Everybody was still doing fine. Yes. Okay. Cup, cup hurts. Uh, Todd Gurley hurts. I'm not going to diminish, diminish your point there. All I'm saying is when you have that also report of defenses and watching the games, and then see this carry all the way through. It wasn't just regular season games. It went into the playoffs. It went all the way to the Super Bowl where he looked miserable. He was god awful, and that's my point. If he was a small drop off, that's one thing. Like then I'm with you. You know what? Quarterbacks don't have great running backs on every single team in the NFL and do just fine. They don't have Todd Gurley. There's only one Todd Gurley. There's only a handful of the Barkleys and the Zeeks and even the Chubbs and the Mixons and everything like that. Half the league isn't dealing with that kind of backfield. All I'm saying is you can't drop off that far and say there's not something else there. 
Yeah, there is something else there, and I agree. But he, but I'm saying he, a big part of it is losing those two weapons, and he was going to drop off anyways. I mean, did you see his first few weeks of the season? 354 yards, 354, 464, 320, 391, 413 in that Chiefs game and four touchdowns. He had a game against San Fran just before the playoffs. He only threw 199 yards. He had four touchdowns. Like he had some, he had some okay games. He had some some stinkers. One in Chicago, particular. He had four picks and 180 yards that's a tough place to play. I mean, arguably the best defense in football. So there were some drop-offs for sure, but there were still some, some decent signs and I'm not drafting him as a top 10 quarterback. I agree with where you guys have him. I think he's out 12, 13. I have him at 14, but I think he does have that upside. Again, it's so tight in around that range from eight to 16. Any of these guys can really finish inside the top 10. I'm not trying to say this as a cop-out, but he does have three strong weapons that are getting drafted as top 20 wide receivers. And I think we all agree that they could be top 20 wide receivers. And we're all a little bit cautious of them as top 30 in our draft rankings, but they all have the potential to get a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns. It's just the way that this offense can run. I, I have some concerns about Gurley personally. So that makes me shy right, away from Goff watching these two play over the past couple of years. They had a crazy good connection. So the last point on this, and I'll just leave it this. If you want to guys want to guess on what he was in fancy points per game, not even including the playoffs, just those final five starts. No, for Gurley or for Goff? Yeah. At quarterback. What did you, what, uh, what did 16. you rank? Chris? Yeah, that's a good guess. Uh, 15. 26. Behind, fantasy points per game? Yep, behind Tannehill, Josh Johnson, Case Keenum, Kyle Allen, Kirk Cousins, Phillip Rivers, and up from there. Nick that's Mullins. That's crazy. And finishing as a top six quarterback. It's nuts. It's, uh, just because it was so overblown in the beginning. Again. Yeah, There's two sides of it. Maybe he's just somewhere, obviously, in the middle of that. Well, it's just fine, but I'll take Josh Allen every single time. Josh Allen. Well, the number not even the number. Drafted. The number one quarterback in that same, not kidding. Like, this is not a joke, people. He was the number one quarterback, as you brought up before, Chris, barely even throwing for what was it, one time he threw for over 220 yards? Yeah, it was under 200 every single time. And just looking at quarterbacks, I know a lot of people haven't done drafts, but I was looking just to see to help people like who could be available for Andrew Luck. I mean, Josh Allen has a 30% ownership and like Yahoo, and, and you know, it's even lower in ESPN. I know a lot of drafts haven't happened yet, but those are guys that are, you know, sitting around not getting drafted. Okay. All right. So let's close out with this. And we've talked about the Cardinals a couple times because we've needed to. We talked about the Kyler Murray excitement after week one of the preseason, the panic after the second game, the people coming back to their senses after the third game. As a whole, Brad, for the look, this is another one. By now, we know all the questions. We know all the quote unquote answers that have been given. The Cardinals as a whole. Are you on Keyshawn Johnson? Are you on Kirk Fitzgerald? Are you okay with David Johnson as the fifth running back off the board? Kyler Murray as a QB one, the offensive line, just your entire encompassing the entire offense of the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, absolutely. Because I, I don't think they have unveiled the the pace, the the well, playbook, exactly. whatever yes. they're, they're going to use in the regular season. And that's what's going to catch everybody off guard. I, I am buying this offense everywhere because because of the, the last two preseason games, their prices are falling a little bit. And I'm like, buy up, buy up, buy Christian Kirk, buy, you know, I'm, I'm fine with David Johnson as the fifth or sixth running back off the board. I love Kyler Murray where he's going at, in relation to other quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I'm even Fitz, even, you know, I, I like Keyshawn Johnson. I don't know what kind of a role he's going to have once the season starts, but I, I, and I like Andy Isabella, even though I know he's a, a little bit more of a project. Um, I think Isabella's is the guy who's going to shine once Kyler Murray gets in that mode of like scrambling and trying to, to allow guys to get open. That's Isabella's game is that, that second move, the, 
you know, being able to outrun guys once the play breaks down a little bit. And you're going to see some 70-yard touchdowns from him in that exact scenario. This team will be will be fun to watch. Like, they're not going to be great, obviously. We know this. The defense is not going to be great. But they're going to be they're going to be entertaining. It's obviously, we're going to want to follow them with Cliff Kingsbury and what he's going to do with this offense. And, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. They haven't. They've even said it. We haven't un- unveiled anything yet. This has been a vanilla offense that we're running. We're we're waiting, and you know, and it's been hard for him. He said he's used to just like hammering the pedal down, go 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 go. And I think that's the type of offense we're going to see. We've talked about the up tempo before. I, I, you know, I don't know what to do with any of their wide receivers. To be honest, I like Kirk. Take some flyers on him. I think Larry Fitzgerald falls down. I mean, before last season, he had back to back years of a hundred catches and was a borderline top twenty five wide receiver in half point leagues. He's not going that way uh, in drafts. He's getting you know he's getting drafted pretty late he's the old man Larry Fitz nobody wants so I don't mind him either I don't know how much Kyler Murray shares I'm gonna have because I just don't want to draft him as a top eight quarterback but I think he's gonna be fine I'll play him in DFS (laughs) go there Uh, but this offense is gonna have some holes the offensive line is not great Uh, David Johnson kind of passing him on his RB5 but I mean he should be fine I just don't know how efficient he's gonna be on the ground in a full point PPR league I give him a, a significant boost but Murray, just just for context, Murray is the 13th quarterback off the board right now in, in current ADP. So I know he's it, all over the place, though. Like yeah, some people really love him, and then you know, and then he could fall down to that point where I'd take the shot on him. But I, for the most part, I see him go as like a top 10 guy. Mostly, and yeah, it's kind of well. I mean, to your point, he's gone as high as the eighth round, and or no, seventh round, and as low as the eleventh round. So just wide gap, the same, almost the same gap, even a little bit more pronounced than Jameis Winston. So you just kind of you're in on him, or you're not. I mean, you remember this, Chris? We were doing the flex auction. I threw him out at five bucks, thinking he was going to go for like eight or nine, and crickets. Yeah, and got him for five bucks. And yeah. Like, and, and right. the, Brad's right too with the preseason is he's he's dropped down significantly where he's a little bit cheaper now and and I again I said this him before out for two bucks <laughs> yeah you should I mean really you throw him out for two bucks today and you probably get him for two bucks so which is which is nice value because it'll be interesting I'll, I'll let you guys know in ranks Jake he's probably going to finish number one in rushing yards ah uh, no Jackson's Lamar close Lamar, to Lamar yeah Lamar. he loves Lamar. Lamar Jackson rushing is going to trump him. But I'll let you know because my draft, my home league draft is Saturday. So I'll let you know. That I yeah. toss him out. I'll toss him out for two bucks and see what happens unless somebody beats me to the nomination. So I'll let you know what yeah. happens. I got that. an auction Sunday, Sunday night too. So I'll, I'll be there. Too. There you go. They're intriguing squad. There you go. We can kind of make sure you tweet it out too. So people know the case they have their drafts on Sunday or Monday or whatever, because there's a couple more coming. And I look, I know people are even drafting next Wednesday. There was some league that tried to get me to draft. I'm like, uh, no. And so, uh, oh, yeah, look, I'm high on Kyler Murray. I'm high on David Johnson. I've already made my case that I don't think he deserves to be the consensus fifth running back. But if you want to take him there, no problem with it. You guys know I love Kirk. I actually have him as a top 25 wide receiver this year. That's kind of where it ends for me. But in any case, it ends for us here. Hopefully, you've enjoyed us. Now, on the free side of things, again, over on iTunes and Spotify and all the rest of that stuff coming We're still on The Athletic. You can check it out there while you're reading the columns. Of course, if you're not... Follow Chris Meany at Chris Meany. Follow Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. I'm at All In Kid. And if you go to theathletic.com, the slash name of the show, The Throwback, it's 40% off at The Athletic. So you can't complain anymore. You should be over there either way. So we'll be back Monday. Have a good one, everybody. 